Hey everyone, Dave Hagen here. Today we're going to talk to a person who teaches entrepreneurs. That's today on the Financial Wellness Podcast. Welcome to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. Here is your host, financial problem solver and talk show host, Dave Hagan. Hey, thanks, Nick. It's the Financial Wellness Podcast coming to you from beautiful downtown Van Nuys. For those of you around the country, that's actually in Southern California, maybe in the the shadow or the footprint of uh, Hollywood. Today, today we've got an interesting show for you. We've got the teacher who teaches entrepreneurships. This is going to be part of our Entrepreneur Roundtable uh, series of programs. Occasionally, we're going to slip in an interview with someone who's been successful or has some interesting things to tell us about entrepreneurship. Really a chance to hear how they made it or what their aha moment was in terms of their path to entrepreneurship. Uh, But today, we're going to talk with the teacher of entrepreneurs, uh, Janine Letford. So let me tell you a little bit about Janine. Janine's the founder and executive director of Alumni 360. Now we're going to talk more about that in just a little bit. But before that, she was the 2015 Charter School Teacher of the Year, and she's a driving force in the school district in student equity access. I know, I know. I'll, we'll talk about that later, too arts education and financial literacy. She recently presented a TEDx talk, which is really a a TED talk, discussing how to teach kids to appreciate the arts and how that appreciation actually helps them in their entrepreneurial activities during their life. You can check that out by searching her name, Janine Ledford, that's G-E-N-E-I-N-L-E-T-F-O-R-D, on YouTube. Check it out. But I'll warn you ahead of time, this isn't the kind of YouTube where you can just kind of put it on the in the background and listen to it casually. Be ready to pay attention because there's a lot going on in this particular um, TED Talk. Another interesting thing about Janine, after paying off almost $100,000 in debt early in her life, she became obsessed with teaching early financial literacy, opportunity recognition, and telling your story of purpose. She speaks around the country on these topics and remains committed to preparing the next generation for a life of success. In addition to teaching music full-time, Janine directs Alumni 360. She's a part-time professor at California State University in Northridge, and she's a financial literacy coach at her local church. Now, she's currently also working on her first book on equity access, which talks the the power of investing and saving. Keep your eyes open for this book on Amazon. Welcome, Janine, to the podcast. Hi, thank you. It's kind of fun to be here. It's, uh, what, late in the afternoon, and you're between class and heading off to something else, and you said that you would uh, come by and say hello. I'm honored to be here. A pleasure to have you here. So my, my first question to you is, Oh my goodness, how do you find the time to do all this stuff? Your extra activities are more time consuming than your your day gig, which is important enough and 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 you seem to excel at everything. How do you find the time to do all this? Well, I think it's the 
passion and the purpose that drive, drives me and just knowing that this um, project and program that I'm doing just needs to be done. Mm-hmm. And so that's what keeps me getting up early in the morning and um, work, working hard for, for these kids. Wow, wow. It's all about the work and the importance of the work, huh? Yes. Very, very, very cool. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about Alumni 360. You know, I was looking at the, at the website for Alumni 360, and it talks about the mission of the organization as being empowering students to live their best life through efficient financial, collegiate, and life skills training. Students learn critical components in various areas in order to lead themselves and their peers to make better strategic choices, which will liberate not only themselves, but their families and future generations from the common economic and educational pitfalls many face today. It goes on to say that the goal of Alumni 360 is to further develop this training program that assists students in the development of leadership, financial literacy, creative intelligence, academic excellence, and other critical life skills that will enable them to live their best life and contribute positively to their families and their community. Well, that, that's a pretty tall order, Gene. <laughs> it is, but it can be done. Oh my goodness. Tell me, what, what is Alumni 360? It was my answer to the call that our kids are getting a great academic education, but they're still missing a lot of just holes in their learning experience, the K through 12 experience. And as a K through 12 educator, I feel like I can come out and say something's quite not not right. The things that we need in adulthood, they're not getting before they enter adulthood. So this was my answer. Got it, got it. And didn't I see too, you have a master's? Yes. A master's in teaching, master's in education? Curriculum and instruction from California State University, Northridge. Wow, wow, okay. So what does does Alumni 360 do? How does it do this? How does does it deliver this information to the kids? Well, we meet monthly uh, at the same school that they attended when they were in elementary school. So these are sixth through 12th grade and a few, um, a handful of them are in the university now, different colleges around the nation. And Mm -hmm. we we, we come back and they meet once a month. Mm -hmm. And we have trainings, speakers, workshops in these different areas, Mm -hmm. primarily on financial literacy, financial training, Tra- uh, tra- training and then we just bring in some extra topics like creative training, emotional intelligence, um, networking, how to effect- effectively right. net- network, and time ma- management as well. So let me get this straight. You've got kids that went to this elementary school, and after they graduate from the elementary school, while they're in middle school or high school, they come back voluntarily in the afternoon. On to get Friday. this information. On a Friday. They could be doing anything else. But they know something's up. They know that something quite is not there during their eight to two day. So they, I have kids who are hungry and coming to me saying, I've learned more in the entrepreneurship camp or in my alumni 360 meetings for those two hours mm-hmm. than I've learned all semester. I, I've heard that a few times. Wow. But if you can, if you can get a kid to come back voluntarily... To a school where they've already graduated from. I mean, wow, that really says something about their their interest and desire, it seems to me, for that, that kind of information. Mm-hmm. It's critical because they know that 
they're looking around to see the plight of my generation, right? right Just deep right. in debt or not really knowing the soft skills mm-hmm. um, really to advance in their career. So they know that this is the place where they can get those skills. Wow. And how many kids show up on a typical afternoon? Uh, ranging 25-ish, maybe high thir- 30, which is, you know, right now it's just me and then I bring bring in uh, speakers and other people. So it's not like we have multiple groups at multiple times right. as of right now. Right, right. I know I had an opportunity to um, um, to show up and, and listen to one of the speakers that you'd scheduled. And I was really surprised at the, you know, the, the, the quality of the thought process, the quality of the speaker. Um, and the awareness of the kids. I mean, these are not kids that are going, hey, let's go home and watch MTV or let's go home and watch whatever, whatever. I mean, these are kids that were bright and thinking and, and, and forward looking. Um, a very impressive group of kids. Yes, they all, all are. And they understand as articles from LinkedIn and the PwC research that's come coming out is you need to be a lifelong lear- a learner and you need to see yourself as a bundle of skills. So they un- un- understand that they're coming to these meetings, getting these extra skills to put in their tool, tool belt. Wow. Now, when you were back in, in college or even high school, did you did you ever in your wildest imagination think that this is the kind of program that that you would be running. There's a quote that I love that says, be the person you wish you had when you were younger. Yeah. So because I graduated yeah. with so much debt and no financial awareness at all, my mother did a great job raising us, but that was just the one area that she herself, you know, she wasn't um, a student. So of course you can't give something that you don't have your yourself. So being the person I wish I had um, when I was 18, 19, 20, and really solidifying my financial mm-hmm. footing. Um, yeah, I I knew that I wanted to be that person for them. But back then, I had no clue that this was in me. But now I do. Yeah, I mean, back when I was that age, I was thinking, tell me what you want me to say on the test. I'll write it on the test. Give me a grade and let's move on. Mm-hmm. It wasn't mm-hmm. about, hey, I want to know about or understand life or I want to you know, uh, uh, pay things forward or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Pretty wild, pretty wild stuff. Okay, so how is this, how is this program funded? Well, when you are an innovator or a self-starter, normally it's pro, it's funded by by you. <laughs> so I um, just came out of pocket. You know, me being a wow. uh, elementary school te- te- teacher, it was a uh, you know hard at first, but you know just funding you know the food and. Um, just the different expenses that came up. But then uh, someone heard about what we were doing and uh, Kane Found Foundation uh, blessed us with a wonderful grant. Um, and we have been using that for the past three three years to just go on field, field trips to different universities and run a few camps and of course run the monthly programs. That's well. very cool. Food is part of this. You food to get the you kids have to show to up. Feed teenagers at four p.m. They are hungry. <laughs> they they are hungry. I've heard that, and I've heard that if you want people to show up at meetings or gatherings, the the attendance is higher if there's food. Refreshments are the way to go. You know, I got to tell you though, when I was there, I didn't get no food. <laughs> <laughs> you knew that I was already there for for other reasons. You know, <laughs> oh my goodness. Now, how did you come up with this? this idea what was what was your entrepreneurial aha moment in addition to being just having it be the answer that I knew I needed in my own life physically I saw a vision of my kids on like a conveyor belt just 
going to this pit of debt, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, with Mm -hmm. no like warning signs or anything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I just can't stand here and just continue to teach music and not warn them like, hey, you guys can start earning scholarships as early as fifth grade. People don't understand um, the, the scholarship system and mm-hmm. it's a network and, and a lot of my students are primarily Latino um, from lower in income households mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. first to go to college so they don't understand their parents may not un- understand how to navigate that system so I just couldn't stand there and just let them continue into this pit of debt without warning them what is to to come and how to possibly um, maneuver through through that and end up better than I did on the other side got it so not only are you teaching them about personal finance and entrepreneurship, but you're, you're bringing them along in some of these other topics and, and, and ideas, disciplines, if you will. Yes. Very yes. cool. Yes. Very cool. So tell me about some of the success you've seen on students. I, in listening to your, your TED Talk, I heard you talking about um, a student who had put together a was it a combination of a mop and a broom or something? <laughs> tell, yeah. tell me a little bit about that, some of the things that you've seen your students do. Well, the beauty of entrepreneurship is it's all about that idea and then us giving them the, the, the tools to you know bring that, those ideas to, mark, to, mark, to market. So, mm-hmm. um, but the creativity, and my entrepreneurship camp is called Entree Arts because it combines cre- creative training with on- entrepreneurship training. But the creativity of their ideas in answering the problems that they see relevant in their community was amazing. So just um, one group made uh, a ice cream scooper that heats up for their elderly um, family mem- members. Just these ideas just coming were just uh, wonderful just to watch them pitch. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Mm-hmm. What, what what was the broom called? The broom or the mop or the? I actually don't rem- remember. Oh. <laughs> I would have to go. Back. I don't remember either. But I went. Oh, yeah, that's the strangest the, thing the I ever heard. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I remember one of the the kids um, you introduced to me, and you had said, "Well, you know, this this student is in the the business of teaching piano." And I thought, oh, that, you know, at first, uh, that, that's kind of hokey. I guess she's in the bit. No, she, she gives piano lessons, you know. It's, and then I started to think about it, and it occurred to me that if they start to really understand that they're in the business of doing that, then they start thinking about things like, um, you know, um, the opportunity cost of uh, doing something else or, or the, the cost to uh, provide those lessons, you know, the, the, the concept of overhead and the concept mm-hmm. of goodwill mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. all the other things that go into really setting up a, a business. That's so a good point. It may be, mm-hmm. maybe, a, maybe a simplified model, but I thought it was, you know, such a wise way to present it to that kid where they could start to think about that really in an entrepreneurial model. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yes. So um, for whatever it's worth, you didn't even know that I was thinking that when you made that, when you made that introduction. But some of these uh, um, speakers that come in, um, pretty high profile folks. I mean, a CFO of a big company, uh, someone who's uh, you know running a, a department at uh, at CSUN. Um, you know, yes, uh, Ryan level. Ryan Holbrook, the director of entrepreneurship in the David Nazarian School of Business at C- at CSUN, uh, the president of Lakeshore Learning Stores. They're a global com- a company. Uh, they brought our, our group to their establishment for the kids to see what a small business, how it started, and now it's huge. And oh my goodness, just amazing! Just speakers. The the founder of our our, our school and the founder of 
the whole um, new ec- ec- economics for women came to speak, and it was just great. My thing is social capital. I want kids to be exposed to people and women, especially because um, we're a little bit on the, the girl heavy side. <laughs> I don't recall that. Really? Okay. Yeah, we, okay. we have a lot more girls okay. than guys, but we, we we do have guys. But just wanting them to be exposed. So not that not that there was just an academic gap and also a financial wealth gap with this um, with this demographic, but there's also an exposure gap. And so I really wanted to, to expose them to great minds and great think, uh, thinkers and people who they would not normally have access to. Wow. And how do you find these people that come to talk? I mean, do you, do you go out and, and solicit People, you look at a name, uh, you know, on, on a website and go, well, hey, I uh, want to come talk or, you know. You know, what? you'd be surprised. A lot of people just mm-hmm. want to come and help. You know, mm-hmm. people who have been successful in, in their lives. Uh, uh, you, you know, you, mm-hmm. you, you're on on um, a schedule to come and speak to, to, to them. I'm also very fortunate to be on a board myself called mm-hmm. DonorsChoose.org. And mm-hmm. they're a platform that allows teachers to ask for materials for their classroom. But their board is like the board of boards. You have um, Jeff, the CEO of LinkedIn, um, uh, um, Teresa Gao, one of the top vent- venture capitalists in the, the nation, mm-hmm. the, the most um, fa- famous female venture cap- capitalist. You have a uh, senior vice fe- president of uh, Facebook, like the CEO of Essence and Ebony Magazine. I mean, just these are heavy hitters. And like there I am, like the kindergarten teacher, you know, and they run multi-million dollar businesses and I teach four-year-olds how to clap on the beat, you know, um, but they are just amazing. But just being a part of that board gave me access to uh, just a lot of um, C-suite and high level um, players who are more than happy to come and talk to amazing kids. Wow. And when you tell them about what you got going with Alumni 360, I imagine not too many of them turn you down? Oh, no. I mean, they love to help or just, I mean, like the president of Lakeshore, Kev, Kevin Carnes, like mm-hmm. he brought my kids in and had lunch for, for them and show them what a warehouse looks like and how they put the pictures together for their catalogs. I mean, the back of the the line, you know, the behind the behind the scenes, right? You know, where a lot of people don't get that. For them to see that, it just op- opened their their eyes. And that kind of access is really priceless for yeah. the kids. Yeah, I mean, you can't you can't just like knock on the door one of these places <laughs> and go, uh-uh, "Can I come in?" <laughs> yes, very true. So very cool, very cool. So what is it that you you like best about doing this? You know, in the end, I've got I got this lesson earlier in life. A lot of pe- people stumble upon this epiphany during their golden years, mm-hmm. um, just because we're so trained to like, okay, you know, get the education so you can get the great jobs, so you can get the house and the car and the nice bank account, and yeah, you need financial found 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 foundations. But I realized earlier in life, like my life isn't just about me. I, I have to give back, and I have to make sure the next generation is going further than I did and or have or for the demographic that I work with who may not have access I have to be that connector mm-hmm. be that that bridge I mean one example is um, we went to the home of one of the board mem- mem- members on donorshoes.org um, beautiful beautiful penthouse in Manhattan and then 36 hours later I'm sitting at one of my students home um, in 
in Canoga, Canoga Park. Um, and her her mother passed away at seven years old. Her dad her dad left and just abandoned. So she lives with her grandmother, and they have an income of eight hundred dollars a month. So here I am in the Manhattan penthouse, and then thirty six hours later, I'm in an apartment, low income housing apartment, and they have eight hundred dollars a month. So I get to see the bridge of of the whole gamut, you know, and I get to be that connector mm-hmm. of that great thinking from um, the boardroom to the classroom. Very cool. Very cool. Now, one of the things that we had we had talked about um, just a few minutes ago was one of the members of your board um, is the director of entrepreneurship at, at CSUN. I mean, I don't remember having any kind of education in entrepreneurship when I went to school. Um, to say to say nothing of of any kind of um, you know financial training or personal finance training or financial awareness training, um, why are we starting to see this now? Do you think? Well, entrepreneurship programs have been popping up all over the country, and I don't want to say it, it's you know just like this wave, but just really these entrepreneurial skills I think are critical, even if you decide not to become one, mm-hmm. and that's what I've learned of of. I think I was all basically not born, but just grew up with the with that mind mindset on mm-hmm. how do you create opportunities, how do you connect with your target mark, uh, market, uh, profit and loss. You know, I was selling candy in in, in the fourth fourth grade. You know, not really right. understanding the terms, but mm-hmm. understanding the con the concepts of mm-hmm. how to, to work to work it. And I just think that it's popping up definitely on the co- the collegiate. A level, but even more on the high school and um, middle school level as well, because you have to know how to create your own economical situations. Mm -hmm. And in order to do that, those entrepreneurship skills of, you know, identifying a a problem and um, creating a solution or a product and knowing how to bring it to to market. Right. Even if you're an entrepreneur, you know, having those skills are critical. And I think more and more people are understanding that. Right. And once my my thing is making sure it's accessible to all groups and not just um, just you know, the upper class. Got it. Got it. Now, speaking about different groups, I'm thinking age groups. I know that you start this in the elementary school and go to the middle and the high school, but this also rolls out to college campuses. That's my goal. You know, I always set the vision. I have to see the vision and then it it ends up playing out. So our first group, they started as uh, 10th graders, the ones who are in college now. So Mm -hmm. they're in their second year now. And we have like you know, they we send care pack pack packages, and they come back and they mm-hmm. talk to the high school kids. Mm-hmm. And I have mm-hmm. one girl being a direct m- mentor to our five seniors now, mm-hmm. and just kind of help helping them go through the application pro- pro- process. Because once again, ninety nine percent of our kids are first generation college applicants. So mm-hmm. the more help they can get, the better. The better, very cool. We were talking a little bit about um, equity access. And um, you were telling me about the Seed the Change initiative. Tell me a little bit about that. What what equity access means to you, and then what what this uh, in, what this initiative is about. Equity, just being having equal chance. You know, they say talent is ubiquitous, but opportunity is not. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and, and exposure is, mm-hmm. is not. So mm-hmm. with that, I was sitting and watching, you, you know, those financial graphs of, you know, if John started investing at 2025 and he stopped at 35 mm-hmm. and just let his money sit there when he was 65, it would be like this massive amount. But if Steve started at 45 and invested all the way to 65, he would have still had less amount because he didn't have time. So I really thought the the key to that, you know, those three factors of time, rate of return, and the amount that you invest, the key is the time. Mm-hmm. Letting the compounding do its magic. And so once that really hit me, I'm like, well, if that's the, the, the magic trick, why aren't we getting to our kids young, younger with this in, information right. when they have time? Right. And so another thing, as you know, this, uh, my, de- my bachelor's degree is in psychology, and I believe in looking at belief sets and behavior. Mm-hmm. And I said, if we can help these kids learn the belief sets of how to be an investor and how to look at the market and start wanting to learn, um, we can get them being act, act, active more right. in, in, in investing. So the seed for, for change was the baby of that idea. What that pro- program does is it takes a seasoned invest, invest, investor, someone who's been investing for a while and they're professional and they just wanna give back. And they either find someone in Alumni 360 or someone in their own sphere, like a niece or mm-hmm. whoever, someone who is eight, 18 or um, and has their own income, you know, they're working like a little target job mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they seed them a hundred dollars to ha- kind of help them open up a Roth IRA. Mm-hmm. And they just, you know, help them through the initial things because a lot, a lot of people don't start investing because they just don't know how to get started. Right. You know, like aggressive, conservative, what? You know, Roth IRA, IRA, you know, 403, what, what, what? It's confusing, right? It's a whole yeah. other language. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. if we can get them speaking the language and learning these terms earlier, they won't won't, won't be so scared um, to get star started. So the person seeds them and they just kind of check in once a quarter. You know, you, you have someone to talk about the stock market. You know, the stock market went, went down this past month. What's going on? What's the difference between a bear market and, and, and a bull? What, you know, just they have someone to have a dialogue with because right. normally in their household, there's no one talking about it. And one of the girls, Brent, Brenda, She's a sophomore now at um, California, UC San Diego. And she was like, yeah, I would walk past the TV and hear about the Dow Jones and I didn't know what it was and nor did I care. But she's our first recipient of the seed for chain. So now she's paying attention. Yeah. And that's the thing. They're paying attention. Right, because they've got some money in the yeah, game. Yeah, and it's only like 20 bucks a month. So it's not a huge amount, but it's enough for them to at least right. get started. So in addition to the seed money, they contribute some money every week or month or something like that. The kid contributes some money that they get from somewhere. Yes. Whether it be a parent or a job or whatever. A job, a job. And, mm-hmm. it, and it gets them in the habit, I guess, of in investing some money and watching their, their money grow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, very cool. And you, and you talk to them about money doubling every 10 years at 7% or every seven years at you know, vice versa. When we have that initial conversation and I show them that graph and I do right. the penny doubling every day. Did, did you right. have yeah. I've heard that. Yeah, and Crazy. it blows their mind because right. the big the big amounts happen towards the end of the month. Right, right. right. The big the big money is mm-hmm. the is, is the last two or three cycles. Yeah. And yeah. No, absolutely, absolutely. I remember when I was a kid I was talking to a wealthy guy and, and he was selling me on some life insurance of all things. But he said, you know, this is, this is kind of, um, uh, you know, an investment device. At least that's how he was presenting it to me. And he said, really, you got to get started early because the, the, the big gains 
are the last couple cycles when you're getting ready to retire. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, most people don't think about that. I know. You find that you can really get kids, young kids, to think about retirement and long-term savings? Once again, my degree's in psychology, so I I, I rely (laughs) heavy on that training. And studies show there's an app called Oldify or Aging Booth. And it takes a picture of you and then you press a button and it ages you. <laughs> really? So it, it may, and I have pictures of my kids. I'm going to do a blog post on on this where, you know, they're 18 and 19 now. Yeah. And then the picture next to them, they're 67. Wow. And if they can look at themselves as a 67 year old, that will... Uh, provoke them to act more because like oh she's inside of me Mm -hmm. so I need to be prudent and and diligent now to take care of her Wow. So I don't need any help uh, aging. I'm doing that. I'm doing that very actively. You don't look a day uh, over 30. All of my, yeah, well, bless you. But oh my goodness. Um, the, you know, the, the older you get, it seems like life goes faster and faster. That's what they say. You know, I was talking to my doctor the other day and, and, uh, he's, he's older than I am. And I said, you know, I'm feeling good doc, but, uh, life seems to go faster and faster. And he goes, well, wait till you get to be my age. Breakfast comes every 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, tell me about this uh, Entree Arts camp in the summer. What's that about? It was, once again, an answer to, to them needing these skills. But since my background is in, in the arts, I'm a full-time music teacher, and I play the trumpet and flute, and, and I teach trump, trumpet, flute, clar- clarinet, and band. And I know firsthand how important the arts are to creative thinking. Mm-hmm. And I also know how um, cre- creative thinking isn't just the artistic arts, but just, you know, being creative and, and answering problems in a creative way. But I don't think you can teach entrepreneurship without bringing in creativity training because you have to be able to answer tomorrow's questions today. Right. So how can you see into tomorrow and, and be a visionary and and connect the unconnected and look at perspective training without creative tra- training? And I use the arts as one of those modes mm-hmm. that, that because um and i taught a class at csun on for teachers how to bring the arts into their classroom and then i just transfer that over into uh on with entrepreneurs and actually this season i'm launching my consulting company of bringing creativity training into organizations and corporations and i'm doing a workshop in new york in two two weeks very cool yeah. very cool i was listening to your ted talk and, and you started talking about um, you know, how entrepreneurs needed to learn how to be creative to, to present their ideas and to, to put them out into the world. And, and I was, at first I was listening going, what? I, I don't know. I don't get that. But the more I listened to it and the more you brought in some of the examples and things, the more I was able to understand, yeah, I get that now. Because, a, you know, a, a boring entrepreneur isn't going to be able to pitch their deal, isn't going to be able to sell the vision, isn't going to be able to move that idea ahead. Mm-hmm. So, And uh, the, the concept of storytelling is key. Right. Knowing how to tell stories. And businesses are more and more becoming aware of we need that skill. We need that skill, that skill. I was looking at an article that was written on you in Toastmasters International, their, their magazine. And they said that, you, that when you were young that you, were, you stuttered. I mean, how did how did someone who had a problem with stuttering as a young kid? Are you laughing at me? Come oh along and um, well, no, I'm I'm, I'm actually kind of impressed. Uh, but how did you how did you come along and become such a you know an accomplished speaker like that? It's, well, if you listen, I still do stutter. It hasn't really left. I just employ different 
methods to okay. lower it. And it's weird because I grew up with a twin who won speech debates in elementary school and high, high school. So it, it was it, it was tough. And I went through speech ther- therapy um, in elementary school as well. And it wasn't until my adulthood, actually about like five years ago, that I actually came to grips of, you know what, this is a part of me and I need to use it to my advantage mm-hmm. and use it um, strategically as opposed to being ashamed of it and mm-hmm. ashamed, ashamed of how God, God made made me. So, um, and that's, and me playing the trumpet all came from, from there because I couldn't speak fluently. So mm-hmm. music was my voice for mm-hmm. so, so yeah, long. Like, yeah. And uh, I just started sharing it. I started saying, hey, I stutter. You know, I felt like I almost, you know, came out and said, hey, you know, I stutter and it's okay. And um it just morphed into just this big thing, you know, speaking more and, and practicing. Toastmasters was a huge bless, blessing, and I'm still right. in Toastmasters now. Uh, the arts, mm-hmm. theatrical train training. I don't stutter as much when I'm on stage and I have some something memorized. I don't stutter at all when I sing. Right. So just really using that and sharing it as a part of my story and a part right. of my journey has really opened the doors. I've had folks contact me over Link, Link, LinkedIn. And just saying, yeah, you know, do you have any, any, any tips or any inspiration? Because I deal with the same thing, too. Wow. Very cool. Very cool. And now they now they can't shut you up. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's what one of the board members. Oh, no, that's a, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Now, let me ask you this. Um, going up to do your TED Talk. I mean, that's kind of like the pinnacle of public <sighs> speaking. Were you, were you scared? You know, of course, you're thinking you you've done the work, you wrote the speech, and then when they say your name, it's almost like you're not there, and it just comes out of you, and almost like you know, just something takes over you. And I just focused on them. Mm-hmm. I focused on the message. I stopped focusing on me because mm-hmm. if you focus on you, you'll get nervous and whatever. Mm-hmm. Ah! But I just focus on on it's my passion to make sure people live creative mm-hmm. lives and mm-hmm. financially secure lives. Mm-hmm. And once I did that, it just flowed. Now I want to change gears just a little bit, and um, or change speeds a little bit, and have you tell us a little bit about this hundred thousand dollars in debt? I couldn't imagine, and yet you talked about it in the in the TED talk, mm-hmm. um, and. You know how you were sitting on a, on a on a rug looking at all this debt, student loan debt, regular debt. Um, by the way, I just read an article. Forbes magazine said that student loan debt has now surpassed 1.5 trillion dollars. That's about the same size as the annual government's budget. But anyway, hmm. here you were sitting on this carpet and you were looking at all this debt and trying to figure out how am I going to deal with it. And yet later on in your talk, you said, "Well, now I, you know, I'm I'm happy to tell you I'm debt free." Um, how long did it take? What was it like? How'd you do that? Well, I'm actually coming out with the book. Right. <laughs> with that in okay. 2009, my husband and I got married, and that's when I had that that um, very low yet mind-opening moment. Uh-huh. And I just read. And I remember picking up, there was a book uh, by Dave Ramsey sure. called Financial Peace. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, I just read through it, like, just starving for it. Right. And, and after I closed the book, I said, Why? Am I a 30-year-old woman with a UCLA degree? And I don't know this 
basic information. Yeah. And I I use the word in injustice, even though yes, I if once you learn how to read, it's on it's on you to get the information. But I think it's an injustice because that's a hundred thousand dollars that we could have invested. That's a hundred thousand dollars that we could have used to build wealth for, you know, or, or put aside for my son's college. You know, mm-hmm. the opportunity cost of that money people don't un, un understand and. I understand the importance of paying for my school, um, but now I know that there's other ways to to you know sup- supplement um, a college degree. But I'm just saying the amount of of ignorance cost me, mm-hmm. and at that time, and so we just worked hard. And I'm talking like odd jobs, and I was you know I, I like photography, but then I was like doing photography at baptisms and right. <laughs> random stuff. Whatever, when, yeah. Uh, my husband and I are not, um, um, you know, scared of work of working, but then I felt that God just blessed us with opportunities. Like he got the opportunity to become the night manager. So that lowered our rent from 1100 a month to 600 a month. And right. that's low for this area, of right. course. Right. And then just, yeah, took on random jobs. And then I got a little bit of loan for forgive, forgiveness for being a teacher in mm-hmm. a lower income area. And mm-hmm. I just started but once you're focused and once you have goals mm-hmm. things start opening up for you right i think people don't understand the importance of laying out out, out a plan right and then the opportunities present themselves especially right. when you work on creativity and looking at creative ways to bring right. in uh finances as well did you write that plan down i put it in the book <laughs> or, really? or i put i put some stuff um the second book is called um create and grow grow rich uh-huh. and I, I don't mean necessarily rich just in finances but once you really tap into your creative abilities mm-hmm. the opportunities for um connection for wealth and for they just they just make themselves known they just man, right. uh, manifest and of course you have to do the work but um yeah that's I mean, one of the things we talk about here on the on the financial wellness podcast is writing writing goals down, mm-hmm. and almost the magic of them seeming to to happen or come to you or opportunity coming to you when you write those down because you're you're kind of living and feeling, um, you know, those goals, mm-hmm. and then just the amazing satisfaction of being able to achieve those goals. And did you feel that as well? I, I mean, love, you're smiling. You have I a big love smile. checking off boxes. Well, because you know, and I just and and you brought up the the word. You know, you feel them, and that's why mm-hmm. I love the creative mm-hmm. training because it makes you get reconnected to your senses. And the brain has this part in in it called the RAS, the reticular activating system, mm-hmm. and it's why you can hear your your name in a big you know room where everyone's talk talk talking. Mm-hmm. You can pinpoint your your name because that's important to you. Mm-hmm. So once you lay down those goals in the financial sense. Now your brain's like, okay, well now let me focus on these goals because now it's in my subconscious that mm-hmm. I, I have to re- reach these goals. So things just start becoming more aware that before you just kind of pass, pass them, them by. So yes, goals, it, it's a must. Very cool, very cool. Well, we could go on for, oh, we could. for another hour and, <laughs> and we're already way, way over our time. And to all our listeners, thank you for sticking with us and, and listening. We're, we're way past the usual uh, podcast time, but I just thought it was interesting and we're very, 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 very fortunate to have Janine here and um, tell us a little bit about her journey and some of the things that she's done and some of the things that she's doing and some of the things like her book that are still going to be coming out. So, um, I mean, to sum up a little bit, you know, it seems to me there's a world of need for, for personal finance and entrepreneurship training out there. And it it's maybe it's not taught at the schools as much, maybe a little more now than it was in the past, certainly more than when I was going to school. And 
um, you know, as an entrepreneur, if you see a need, fill it. I mean, you, you, you really filled that need with Alumni 360, which I think is, is pretty cool. And, uh, you know, get some, get some training or even a mentor when you proceed. I think you've got mentors with your, your board that are surrounding you and um, helping to guide some of your, your thoughts and creative process and, and getting it onto paper and getting to succeed. So, um, wow, thank you very much for coming in. It's been really interesting. It's been an honor, and I hope everyone does their creative passions. Yeah. All right, check out her stuff on the on YouTube. Check out her, her website, um, Alumni360. And um, if you got any questions or emails, you can go to our website, thefinancialwellnesspodcast.com, and click on the button. You can record a question and send it to me. If you've got questions for Janine, send it send the question to me and I will get it answered. Maybe um, I'll show up at the classroom after class one day and, and record the answer to a question if someone's got some questions. So check it out. Um, stay with us. Next week, we've got some interesting stuff coming up. This is Dave Hagan, and you've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast. You've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. If you have a question that you would like Dave to answer on the podcast, go to thefinancialwellnesspodcast.com. You can leave an audio message with one click of a button or type your message into the question box. Either way, it's sent right to Dave's phone. Remember, Dave will randomly draw from the submitted questions and pick the winner of a free one-hour personal conversation with Dave to help you achieve your financial goals. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you receive the new episode notifications or share the podcast via the app with your family and friends. This is your announcer, Nick Appel, wishing you every financial success.